Hey everybody, it is For the Record episode 115. Hope you're having a happy Friday. I'm going to make this a little bit quicker. I'm not feeling too hot right now. I, I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, this is with um, vocalist Ryan Tuck O'Leary of Off-Road Minivan. He's also the bass player and um, vocalist for Fit for a King, who's a, like a uh, heavier metalcore act that is signed to Solid State Records. Off-Road Minivan is his... Um, more uh, alternative rock-based side project. Um, they just signed to Tooth and Nail Records, a really incredible label. I mean, if you if you know who Under Oath is or Amberlynn, there's a good chance you're going to know um, who Tooth and Nail Records are. Um, the Off-Road Minivan just released a brand new EP called Spiral Gaze, and we talked a lot about the making of it. Ryan was overseas touring with Fit for a King in Germany um, when we talked, so um, I think I'm going to maybe request all people do FaceTime because the audio sounded way better <laughs> than just being on the phone. And I, I don't know why I didn't figure that out earlier, but, um, this was a really great conversation. I loved this episode of the podcast and, uh, Ryan, uh, Tuck, thank you for coming on the show and you're welcome back anytime. And please go pick up, um, the Spiral Gaze EP It's available now, wherever you get your music, uh, whether you want to buy it or stream it. Um, okay, so this is episode number 115 of For the Record Podcast with Ryan Tuck O'Leary of Off-Road Minivan and Fit for a King. Enjoy. Is this Ryan? Yes, Jared. How are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm well. I'm sorry. We just wrapped up playing and got off stage, so sorry to. Um, oh, you're totally fine. Be a little bit late. Oh no. Oh, dude. You. We could. Wow. That. Wait. What time is it there? Oh, uh, it's um 10 10 p.m. Uh, in Hanover, Germany, currently. Oh my God. I'm on. I'm wow. on tour with my other band, Fit for a King, at the moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's what Becky was telling me. Um. Holy shit. That's. I mean. That's. That's so cool. But no, you totally take as much time as you need. That's like. I mean, you're coming down oh, from I'm a show now. right now. I, yeah, I was trying. I had 15 minutes. I was like, shit. I gotta get done with this. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. We are, uh, you know, about two and a half, three weeks deep into this. We've played 19 straight shows, so Jesus, uh, that's been a little hectic. But um, you know, we get uh, we only have two days off on the whole tour, <laughs> but they're coming up, so I'm very excited. <laughs> Jesus, that that's insane. I I mean, is when you're doing something like that though, is it a little bit better? when you're doing 
if you're doing 19 days straight of a regular tour where you're just headlining or, or playing clubs versus like 19 days of just straight festivals where you're doing it all day, is there like a, is there, I guess, kind of a difference in that? It's, it's definitely easier uh, than say, nine, like if it was 19 straight days of Warp Tour, I think I might uh, not be on this planet anymore. Um <laughs> But uh, it's really not that bad. Honestly, it's to the point where you're so deep in it. You're like, ah, don't give me any days off. I just want to get it done and go home. Because in Europe, you're paying for the bus and everything. So any day off is just money just down down the drain. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's are you you guys are are you guys headlining or are you out on a run with an, another band right now? We are direct support to Miss May I currently. Oh, rad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So breakdown city over here in I, Germany. Yeah, apparently. it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a couple younger bands on it. This band Currents, who's from New England. They're oh yeah. Cool. It's, yeah. Yeah, they're like if Wage War and Periphery had, or like Simon Planet, one of those like more techier bands had a little baby. Nice. And uh, and this band Void Division from uh, Australia, who are very similar to like uh, kind of Siler kind of thing. Nice. Okay. Cool. When you guys play on this tour with Miss May I, um, are you guys doing? Because I've listened to both um, the new project and Fit for a King. Um, do you guys do Stacking Bodies live? We do indeed. Awesome. It is uh, one of the more fun songs to play. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I let a kid play it yesterday. Actually. Oh seriously. He, um, <laughs> he had a sign that, and he was right in the front, and his sign said. You know, can I play Stacking Bodies? And I was like, well, if you brought the sign, a like, kid must know the song at least a little bit. And it's not like it's super challenging. So uh, he uh, he smoked it. It was awesome. He did nice. a great job. I did some uh, guest uh, guest vocals for the song. It was, uh, it was pretty interesting. Nice. I mean, does that feel weird when you're like, it's one thing when you're in, when you're in America and you see like that level of like, oh my God, people know our songs. People are... Um, they want to. They want to play on stage with us. They want to do this and that. Is it even trippier when you go to another country and you're like halfway around the world? Oh, absolutely! It's the coolest thing on the planet, man. I mean, you know, we get so lucky to you know be able to do this for a living and travel around and everything. And uh, you know, it's just nice to have anyone care, and especially in another country, for sure. That's awesome. Um, so, with I, I guess one of the questions I wanted to get into with. Uh, given that you are in Fit for a King and you have Off-Road Minivan, which is going to be coming, uh, the release is going to be coming up, uh, I think, crap, I think it's next week on the 16th. Yeah. Um, yes. uh, I guess, how were you able to find the time to work on that, on Off-Road Minivan when you have this crazy touring schedule? Because um, I remember you guys did Warp Tour. I remember seeing you guys do a couple of other tours and stuff last year. Like, where does that time to come in and do another project um, make its way into the process? Well, there's definitely not a lot of it, um, but I try to use it to the best of my ability. I mean, the, the guys in Off-Road are, like, my oldest friends and guys that I've been playing music with forever. I mean, two of them were in my first band when I was 14, and uh, so we always try to just get together and play when we can. And uh, it all just kind of happened on a whim. We, we started uh, demoing songs and we got done with the Spiral Gaze one. And we were like, oh, wow, this is, this is sick. Like, this came out pretty cool. 
so I sent it over to, to uh, you know, my rep from Solid State Tooth and Nail, and uh, they just asked what I wanted to do, and I was like, well, I'd, I'd love to get an EP out and do a video and give this thing a shot, and uh, they were just behind it. So it just got more serious at that point where I was like, yo, guys, like, we can actually, like, do this. Um, we got to buckle down. And then we recorded the EP ourselves. Uh, Melvin, the guitar player of the band, he engineered the guitars, bass, and drums. Um, and our drummer works in a studio teaching drums and piano. So we had the facilities to make everything happen. And then I recorded uh, vocals at my friend's studio in New Pulse, this guy Brendan Williams. Yeah. And uh, he's who we're going to be doing our full length with as well. And he, he smashed it, really helped me like take the bring the vocals to life. And uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. All just all just happened uh, very whimsically and, and uh, nicely. Uh, so yeah. It's hard. I, I'm trying to balance it the best I can. I, I want to play as many shows with Offroad as I can, but I also have to make my fiance not hate me. Um, so um, we'll see how much I can really accomplish. I'm going to push it to the max until she's like, hey, uh, I hate you and you need to stop. You're crazy. It's it like and just until it gets to that, like, yeah, remember when I said it was okay with this? Yeah, I I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> well, that's why you're already starting to, I'm already starting to get a little bit of that where she was like, oh, wow, this is like just for fun. And now you've got two signed bands and, you know, now you're trying to do both. Uh, you know, let's, let's not go too crazy. So, As, but she's really yeah. sweet and supportive. So it's, you know, that's it's good. a nice balance. Good. Um, well, so what I read was that this was a way for, um, you it, it basically get, this project gives you an opportunity to write I guess some of the softer rock that and like more all, more on the alternative side of things that you want to play and I always find it really interesting and very cool when I see bands that are as heavy as something like Fit for a King and they then have other side like I think a perfect example was a band like Alexis on Fire where the um, oh dude yeah he has City oh, and yeah. Color so it's one of those things where it's like two totally different two totally different monsters um but all from the same mind i guess where did your i guess where did your love for that kind of that kind of alternative rock versus your love for metalcore where did that kind of originate from and how did you decide you know i could probably do both it's there's no limit to this well early on i was definitely more into the emo side than the heavy side like chris caraba was my first love nice. and I was just so enamored with Dashboard growing up, and that's what made me want to pick up a guitar and sing and try to do that. Um, and I have just always ended up, when I was in 10th grade in high school, I had friends of mine who were just like, hey, like you play guitar, right? And I was like, yeah, kind of. And they're like, hey, you want to play bass in our band? And they just handed me a bass and a bass amp and were like, play bass. So I just uh, kind of got all crazy and I really loved you know the more chaotic band so my stage performance I guess with the heavier stuff has always been um, why I've uh, pushed that direction I guess I found it easier for me to get in bands and play bass and sing than to start a rock project that I was like really happy with um, and at, just after all these years I was just building up songs and you know, with Fit for a King, my first record with the band, we really experimented a lot. And I just don't think that the kids really loved what I was trying to bring to the table. I think that 
you know, there's a couple songs on the new record where I sing and, you know, they've been popular and people like it. But I think overall Fit for a King is one thing and the, the type of music that I was trying to create was just something different. So it's easier for me to work on Fit for a King songs as Fit for a King songs and then work as offered mini work on offered minivan songs as offered minivan. Yeah. Um, And it's nothing against like the fans of Fit for a King or anything like that. It's just, man, you put out one record and a bunch of people just shit on you and you're just like, all right, well, uh, (laughs) yeah, let's change things a little bit. (laughs) And um, so it was really, I had a very stressful time on Death Grip and, um, you know, Kirby and myself really found a nice balance and worked on it and some kids said oh i didn't hear you as much on this record and blah blah blah. and you know it's just a personal choice at this point i mean i I think that ryan kirby is the voice of fit for a king and i think that that's the appropriate voice to be pushing you know i love being his flavor flav and his hype man and trying (laughs) to get the show pumped um you know it's just uh i don't really want to deal with that kind of heartache i'd rather have someone just be like hey i hate off-road minivan i'd be like okay that's fine i love it Go ahead. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's all I, I think it's I think it's so interesting where you hear people and you see this with music, you see this with film, you see this with any kind of entertainment where you present something to someone and then they go, We don't like this, we have a problem with this, we want it this way and so then you're like, Okay, you make it the way that they want and they're like, Well no, we want it this way, but not exactly in the in the way that we like there's never you can't I feel like you almost can't ever win. Yeah, and I, I think that overall the problem with the fit stuff is just the kids want heavy. They don't want a lot of singing. Yeah. They don't want a, a lot of melody. And that's the thing that we learn time and time again where it's like, sure, there can be times where we try to be like artsy and poetic. They don't want artsy and poetic. They want pissed <laughs> off. And that's just it. You know what I mean? Like Death Grip is a beautiful track for us. And stuff like that will definitely work. But on Slave to Nothing, I put out the song Selfish Eyes, which was the song that got me in Fit for a King. It was a demo track I had written with a friend of mine years ago, Max Rye, shout out. And, um, you know, it just, it didn't take at all. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever written. But I also didn't like the version that Fit for a King and I wrote. I prefer the original. Um, and I've told them that. I just think that the original version, even though it's like digital drums and stuff, Max and I just had something special with that track and it just wasn't meant to be replicated. So, you know, I, I think that there will be shining moments for fit when it comes to melody. Uh, it's just, you know, I needed a separate outlet to be creative and to get some things off my chest. Definitely. About how long did it take to put together the Spiral Gears EP? Because there there's four tracks on it. I mean, were there? Did you when you went into the project? Were there initially more songs in that and more demos, or was it just I'm gonna we're gonna just kind of write and then the first things that we put out or the first four? This is what we're gonna go with. We had a lot of um, like half finished songs or riffs and things that we've collected over the years, but the ones that we decided to put on the EP, um, 17 Years and Light Up the Room and Spiral Gaze, those were like pretty much finished as is, and we were really happy with those. We weren't sure what the fourth track was going to be, and I had written um, Anna or Glow now as an acoustic track, and 
I came to the band and was just like, hey, I'm going to like play this song, like just like come in when you feel it's right. Like this is what I'm playing. And then it just came together so naturally. And um, we had our drummer, uh, he, we had a friend of his sing vocals on it, uh, the female um, on the track, her name's Eva. And it just seemed to be the right track to finish off the EP. And, and we didn't want to do, you know, a million songs and try to push it. We were like, let's just, let's put out something that, you know, won't cost the label and ourselves like a million dollars. Let's just see if people mm -hmm. like this band. And if they like the band, we'll do a full length. Definitely. And um, with that, I mean, with that being said, what is the... Uh, when you have, I guess when you have those tracks and you're kind of going and saying, okay, we have this material, what do you think? And because e even when you're in that process of, okay, we're going to do an EP and then we're going to decide if people really like it, then we can do a full length. When you're narrowing down that first impression that people are going to hear from you, whether it's the first single or just these are the four tracks people are first going to hear, I guess what, what is in your decision making process when you're doing that? I wanted to bring something to the table that just was completely different from what people are used to hearing from me. And this was the first chance that I've gotten to just be the singer since I was 14. So I really tried to take my time on, on the stories I was telling and the things that I was trying to say. And I think that the four songs that we chose were things that really highlighted um, the last 10 years of my life and have really meant a lot to me and have been messages that I've been wanting to say. So, um, it, it, I don't know, gosh, I mean, it, it, it's hard to say exactly what made those songs be the songs, but it's just there's something so natural in the room when we're playing together. Everything is written live as a band, and... Uh, we just those were just the ones that we were like hey we're feeling really comfortable with these tracks we've played them live a couple times I think people will like them and there's definitely things that I would go back and change on a few of the tracks now um, but that's just part of you know creating and releasing music so, yeah I feel like if you, you ask, know, yeah I feel like yeah. if you ask any filmmaker or musician <laughs> would you go back and change anything I, I guarantee you they'd want to do almost like a page one rewrite of everything that because yeah. they're like this didn't work and that didn't work but yeah yeah and to revisit the other question you asked like we we tracked the entire ep um they had to do a lot of the tracking for guitars um while i was gone on tour and then really hashed it out i came home and um laid down the bass and then i spent um about two weeks on the vocals where i did one week of just pre-pro and listened to the songs a lot and then went back and, and retracked everything and um you know found the way that i really wanted to say things it was funny even like my dad like produced the lyrics kind of on one of the songs where I showed him the first version. He was like, dude, your, your first and second verse are like backwards. Like, you got to switch <laughs> these. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow, you're right. Cool. And that was on Light Up the Room. Um, so it, it was cool. It was just such a, the whole experience of creating Off-Road has been such a nice adventure for all of us because our families and our friends have been so involved in um, a lot of different facets of the art that we've put out. I mean, even the artwork was, um, I had an idea for a diorama. So my fiance built this diorama 
um, kind of off the idea I had, and we bought this little Matchbox minivan and did that, and then Melvin shot it, and, um, you know, my friend Jim, uh, Jim Hughes, he put the artwork together, and our parents and family and friends are all in the music video and stuff, so, you know, it's, it's been a really, really pleasurable experience just to create art. Definitely. Um, wh- what does the term spiral gaze mean, and what does it represent for... The, for the band, for the EP as a whole, I guess if there's any kind of if there's any specific meaning or hidden message behind it, like I, I guess what does it represent? The song itself was written about a relationship that I had with a friend of mine um, over a period of like ten years, and we had been in bands together and tried to write music together, and we would always just end up, you know, in these big fights and you know not being friends again, and then you know a year later we'd mend it and we'd be back together and be friends again, and then we'd you know end up in a fight again, and it was always the same old thing, and all in the end. Uh, I just felt like we were just trying to accomplish uh, different things in our lives in very different ways. And um, it just left me feeling really hurt and sad about it. And I just thought about all these relationships, like down to even my best friend from eighth grade where, you know, she was like the person that introduced me to like emo and stuff like that. And I was just like, man, like this sucks. I don't even get to like share this with the people that like influenced me anymore like i've lost so many people along the way and that was where the hook came from it just um it bothers me i get really bummed out about it because i really do miss a lot of these people but there's not a lot that you can really do about it at this point i mean you can reach out and talk to them but the relationships are just kind of stale so i i wrote the song about myself and this one friend's relationship and just like you know line for line i just felt like no matter what you know i can see right through you dude and you don't notice that i'm gone you know and we're just going down this spiral gaze of nothingness and you know it just the words a lot of them just came in a freestyle that i was doing over the song while we were playing it live and then i you know altered some things here or there uh but yeah, it just was something that was on my heart. Sounds you, corny, but no, yeah. no, no. That's I mean, that's that's a really I think that's an important message and a thing to talk about because it I mean that's yeah. representative of certain relationships that I think everyone goes through at some point in life where you everyone kind of does lose people in one way or another. But and and there's there's certain things where you can fix it, and then there's others where you can't, and it's just. It's it's one of those things that no one ever really knows how to talk about or discuss. It's almost like an elephant in the room sometimes because you don't Absolutely. know you don't know how to address it. It's not like you're saying, "Oh, well we're fighting, but we'll we'll make up." It's kind of like one of those things where, "Oh, we haven't really talked in in a few months, but are we are we still friends? Are we that like it, there it's it's an interesting topic to to touch on." Absolutely. And that's why I think we wanted to use it as the single is because I mean it, everyone can relate to the topic of the song. The message is very, you know, clear, and it's it's there for anyone to interpret the way that they want, whether it's in terms of love or friendship. And it was just one of those songs that, like, even my grandma can hear it, and she likes it, you yeah. know? Like, I've released metal for so long and <laughs> done so many heavy projects that I just want something that, like, 
my family can chill to and be like, wow, this is cool. I like this. This is enjoyable to listen to. Nothing against my heavy projects because they, they support it so hard and they love it and they buy the records and they listen to it. But this was just something that I, I really needed. I needed it for my happiness and to, um, you know, to be able to feel like I could keep being creative. Absolutely. Um, I was going to ask, well, given that um, the Spiral Gaze is also the title of the EP itself, is it, I mean, is it fair to say that the other tracks like Light Up the Room, Glow, 17 Years, do they also touch on those topics or is it, I guess, more of a, is it a wider range of ideas and that's just kind of the basis and the kickoff for everything? Well, each each song has a different topic, and the original name of the EP was not to be Spiral Gaze EP. I actually, well, Melvin, our uh, guitar player, he had, one of the guitar players, he had the idea originally. We were going to call it Kaleidoscope EP, but a band called Coldplay put out an EP called Kaleidoscope EP <laughs> I've, this I've never year. heard of them before. Who, who were they? Are yeah, they like right? A, uh, yeah. So... I was, like, pissed because we had, like, it was on the Masters. We were stoked. I was like, man, this. And then I look and uh, saw that they had done it. And I was like, well, this sucks. But at least I, we had the same idea as Coldplay. That's pretty good. So, you know, all that in works, all, it's a That way. works, too. Uh, but um, so then I, uh, I essentially just uh, revisited to one of my idols, Chris Caraba. And I was just like, you know what, man? Like, you know, I've listened to like the So Impossible EP. That was the first thing I loved. The So Impossible was a song on it. You know what? Spiral Gaze EP. Let's just call it that. Yeah. Just be done with it. And uh, it's just another way of just trying to push that single because I just... I feel like a lot of people, if you hear that song and you really don't like the band or can't connect with it, fine. But I just think that it can it can get somewhere in the world. I think people can listen to it and it can help them. And they will, even if it doesn't, they'll just, they should, should enjoy it. It's a nice track. It's not so bad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I, think that, um, um, I think that music fans, I think they will because I think <laughs> music fans are a lot more I, I guess versatile in and I can I can say this as someone who listens to so many different genres I have my basic genres and the ones that I stick with but then I love going and listening to other stuff and I think that the general music going population at least within the world of alternative music kind of listens to everything and is open to like I mean th- we're kind of in a, I read this quote somewhere I can't remember where I heard it from but it was we live in a generation where one direction and a mice and men live on the same iPod and there's never any problems with it um, yeah. so it's like one of those things where I to- I think people will absolutely get, get a kick out of it and enjoy it if I mean and it, and with it being so genuine if it comes off as genuine then you're gonna be yeah you're, you're gonna be fine <laughs> yeah I hope so you know and, and it's just been been a cool experience and i'm you know it's nice that people seem uh you know so into different styles of music these days like i gosh every hardcore dude has their time where they're just like you know what man i just really like architecture in helsinki now and like you know i just uh, i'm not really feeling like going to bane shows anymore so you know it, it, it happens i mean slow dive is doing reunions and stuff like the world is in a decent place so you know, it's a good time to, you know, revisit a style that everyone always complains about how, you know, they miss the 90s and they miss the early 2000s and alternative rock and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, new metal has been trying to make a comeback. But that's why we were like, you know, what? let's like not sit at the computer and try to write songs. Let's just get in a room and play some songs and try to like 
the Black Album by Metallica was not written on a computer. Nope. It was written riffing. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, we just wanted to, to do that and just try to be a, a organic band. Absolutely. I mean, that, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, you go on the internet and it's literally just, it's a shouting forum of this was better or this was in a different time period. And I, I think that there's, I think it's, there's definitely, there's something very special about the music that did come out of that time period. But I also think it was special because it was kind of, it was almost an introduction to like when grunge first came out, that was special to people because no one had heard grunge before. This was special because no one had heard metalcore in, in that style before in the early two thousands or new metal. It was all brand new and it's all because of the internet and we're able to kind of shout at each other a little bit more and everybody, it's just kind of like this giant vacuum where everyone can say whatever they want there's a lot more of the oh I miss the 90s I miss this and that and it, it but at the same time it's like well all those bands started d- by doing exactly what you just said which is they get in a room and they play yeah yeah you know, so. just about hanging out with your buds and cracking a beer and having a good time and seeing what you come up with and you know I'm just you get behind all the the pressure of like putting out a record and trying to be successful and trying to do what the fans want where it's cool when you don't have any fans and you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's cool to see what's happening in music because there's a lot of bands that I think are putting out their best material ever. I mean, Manchester Orchestra and Thrice oh, both, God, I yeah. think, arguably just put out their best albums. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my favorite band ever might be laid to rest due to controversy, but I loved their most recent record. Uh you know, uh, which is brand new. I feel bad even saying the name. Yeah, at this point. I know. Yes, it's, it's, it stinks. You know, it's, I'm a New York guy, so it's just that band that I have uh, always grown up loving. But now it's just you know riddled in controversy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but I did very much enjoy that record. But on the younger side, you've got you know bands like Foxing and Tiger's Jaw and The Hotelier and like some really cool, interesting bands that are doing things that are just top-notch like super catchy like i think tiger's jaw if this was the 90s and people liked lisa Loeb, like you'd love tiger's jaw i think that would be your band yeah there's 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 just a lot of really incredible music that's coming out now and it's all about and 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 they're kind of doing what you're saying which is they're not necessarily doing what everyone else is doing and and not to and that's absolutely not a disparaging statement in terms of any other music that is doing what everyone else is doing because just like everything there's stuff there's good music that comes out of it and there's not so good that comes out of it but it's like i mean yeah yeah i'm in one of those bands that does that you know what i mean (laughs) i mean it's you know we we try our best to ask the fans what they want and bring to the table you know what they're asking for and i think that's the best remedy for success when you're uh, a musician sometimes especially in something like metalcore because how many times have you seen a band be like no man we're tired of being metalcore we're gonna be a you know new metal or alternative rock band yep. and then everyone's like wow i don't like your band anymore because you're yep. not that same band yep it happens yeah but um but you guys you i will say you guys are on the good side of the spectrum of doing it very well so hey, thank yeah. you very much i appreciate that of course um, as we bring this to a close, um, uh, two more, I guess, quicker questions, but, uh, one of them was, 
what do you hope people take away? You touched on this a little bit earlier, but what do you hope people take away from Off-Road Minivan as they listen to it? Um, whether they're seeing you guys perform or they're just hearing a track off the EP? Well, it's hard to, to pinpoint or say, but I just hope that they listen to it and can connect with it. You know, it was made in a very sincere, organic process. Uh, I've taken a lot of time to make sure that I said things in the proper way and told stories that I wanted to tell. And I hope that, you know, when they listen to it, they'll be like, you know, maybe when you listen to Spiral Gaze, like that one person will come to mind and you'll be like, wow, I'm going to I'm going to hit them up. I'm going to I'm going to go reach out to that old friend and I'm going to say something and maybe you'll have a, a relationship with them again. And if that uh, comes to be, that would, you know, that's the whole purpose of the song. It would, it would make me so happy. So, you know, I just hope that people will be able to listen to the EP and, and uh, just enjoy it and, and hopefully uh, be able to relate it to something, you know, in their life. Definitely. And uh, this is a super, super broad question, but um, I ask this question to close at every podcast, every music interview I do. Um, what does music mean to you? Music has meant just about everything to me in my life. I don't think I would have any of the relationships I have. I don't think I would be the person I am without any of the music that I've been able to create or, um, you know, the people that I've been able to be around. My parents have always pushed me and my family have always pushed me to try to pursue this thing and to try to sing and to dance and to perform and to be on stage and... Um, I just don't think I would be happy without music. It means everything to me. Beautifully said. And lastly, where can people um, find Off-Road Minivan online? Where can they find Fit for a King? Where can they find any music projects you're working on? Um, and, uh, yeah, any links you want to plug, go for it. Yeah, Off-Road Minivan currently has our EP up for pre-order on MerchNow.com, and you can get you know some other merchandise with that if you're feeling it. It is also on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, the whole nine. Uh, Fit for a King is everywhere you can find music. And if you want to buy our merch, it's on Merch Now or uh, Absolute Merch. Um, but yeah, go pre-order the EP because it's $4. And if you don't spend $4, that's just kind of crappy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you don't want to put that last part because people will hate me. No, the they won't but, hate you. It's funny. No, but, it, you, you are. Know, that's yeah. just been kind of the selling point. It's like, man, you don't have to buy merch. You don't have to do any of that. But like, I'm telling you, there's a brand new band. I really want to put out a full length. If you don't buy the thing, I might not get to put out a full length. So four bucks, you know, it's less than a McDonald's meal. Hook your brother up. Go buy it. And, uh, yeah, link is in all of our social media. Uh, everything is just off-road minivan. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for talking. I hope you guys have a great rest of the tour right now. I'm looking forward to getting this posted um, when the EP goes live. And um, it was great talking to you, man. Thanks so much, Jared. I really appreciate your time. And this was a fantastic interview, dude. Thank you so thing. much. Appreciate it. All right, well, I'll send this over when it's ready to go. And um, we'll get it. We'll get this posted everywhere. You got it. Thanks, man. Take, right, take care. Now. Take care, day. man. You too. Have a good night.